healing some kind of significance we want to make a difference we want to think that maybe in just some tiny way uh, the world might be a better place for, for us having been in it we, we want our lives to count for something and uh, we've got that desire inside of us because that is how God has wired us and we've been seeing that in the last couple of weeks as we've started this series on the topic of being used by God we've seen uh, that, that you are not an accident that God created you God designed you for a purpose God's at work in the world and he wants you he wants to use you to, to make a contribution with your life and over the next uh, three Sundays what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at how God actually wants to use us how do we actually go about making a difference in our everyday lives how do we, how do we make that contribution that he designed us to make so what we'll do in the next three Sundays we'll look at three uh, specific areas in which God wants to use us and this week we're going to think about the first of those ways and that's this God wants to use you to serve others that is one of uh, the purposes of your life did you know that? that one of the things God created you to do was to serve other people we saw that a couple of weeks ago when we looked at Ephesians 2 Paul wrote this if, uh, if, if you wrote this for you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for you to do so God designed you in order to do, to do good works to help people to serve them we're not here just to uh, take up space and consume resources that's not what, why God made you he made you to, to contribute to give something back to make a difference and the Bible calls this ministry now when we uh, think of the word ministry what we usually think of is sort of vicars, priests, people with their collars on backwards, pastors other people that work full time for churches and we often think that ministry is just for, for special people who are specially gifted or specially called so we talk about being called to the ministry but the Bible is very clear that uh, every Christian is a minister God calls all believers to, to minister, to serve in the world and in the church. Because ministry is simply serving. They're synonymous in the Bible. And God has given you something to offer. God has uh, he's given you something to use to make a difference by, by meeting other people's needs. And whenever you do that, whenever you use what God's given you for that purpose, whenever you use your God-given talents or time or energy or possessions to serve someone else then you are engaged in ministry you're being a minister God's designed you so that, you, so that other people can profit from what he's put inside you we're created to serve and uh, we saw that in a passage that we heard read just now in chapter 10 of Mark's Gospel we see that uh, that, that is the way that Jesus expects his followers to live Look again at verse uh, 43. Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Serving is a non-negotiable part of what it means to be a Christian. 
because the person that we follow as Christians, Jesus Christ, uh, came himself to serve. So serving is not some sort of optional extra for the, for the super keen Christians or for the ones that have got enough time in their schedules, but it's, a, it's the very heart of the Christian life because it's central to what it means to be like Jesus. Now, the only problem with that is that it isn't something that any of us find easy. In fact, if we're honest, it's incredibly difficult to live that way, isn't it? And it's difficult for several reasons. Firstly, it's costly. If, uh, when we serve others, it costs us, doesn't it? It costs us uh, our time. It costs us our energy. It costs us our money. It costs us emotionally as we bear other people's burdens. And it requires sacrifice for the sake of others. That's why uh, I entitled this sermon, Giving Yourself Away. Because that's what it feels like, doesn't it? When we, when we serve people, it's like giving ourselves to them. Instead of uh, using what God's given us for ourselves, we put others first and we give ourselves away for their sake. It's costly. Secondly, it's, not, uh, it's against our natural instinct. Our natural instinct is to put ourselves first, isn't it? When it comes to life, the, what most of us are bothered about is what, how we can get the most out of it. Yeah, if you look at self-help books and things like that, they're all about how to get the most out of life, not how to give the most. On the whole, our natural inclination is to put ourselves at the centre of our world, to look out for number one. And thirdly, it's difficult to live this way because it's not the way of the world. We saw that in the, in the passage again. Jesus draws attention to it in verse 42. You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them and that their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. And our society is no different from, from the one of Jesus' day, is it? Uh, the world views, views uh, service as something that the powerless do for the powerful. Yeah, a sign of greatness is how many people are serving you? And the question that James and John ask in verse 35 kind of sums up the way of the world. They ask Jesus, we want you to do whatever we ask. That's the way uh, our world views success, isn't it? It's how it views greatness. It's, it's been able to get what you want. It's been able to have other people meet your needs. Jesus says, not so with you. He says, it's, it's completely the opposite. True greatness is serving others, Jesus says. Now that means uh, that in this world, in our society, the church ought to look very, very different from the world around, shouldn't it? If you've got this bunch of people who are trying their best to be like Jesus, then they're really going to stand out in this respect, aren't they? They're going to look completely different. Well, do they? Does the church always look so different in this respect? I've got a video clip I want you guys to watch, technology permitting. Let's see if it works. Imagine a church where every member is passionately, wholeheartedly, and recklessly calling the shots. I have a busy work week, and by the time Sunday goes around, I'm tired. So how about a church service that starts when I get there? 
can do. When you arrive, we begin. This guy, he plays by his own rules. We want to find a church where if he starts screaming, we're not the bad guy. Right? Say no more. If your baby's screaming, you stay seated. The others around you can leave. You know, financially, Sherry and I don't give a lot to the church, but we feel like never does. All right, if you join now, you'll know what every person gives in detail. When I'm in the church service, can my car get a bath and a wax? Not just that, but an oil change and a tune-up. Well, how about tickets to the Super Bowl? That's asking too much. I'm serious. If I'm going to join, I want tickets to the big game. All right, you join now, and we'll get you there. I like a pony. Look in the backyard. that's a bit tongue-in-cheek but is so often our attitude can be frighteningly similar to that you know when we when we go to a new uh, city or a new place and we're, we're trying to find a church to go to how do we decide what church to go to well we look for the one that's going to meet our needs we look for one that's going to bless us when we uh, when we have been to a church meeting uh, how do we decide whether it was a good meeting well, usually we decide it was a good meeting if, if I got something out of it. Or we come to a Sunday service and, and uh, our assumption is that we're going to get fed. That uh, there's a few people at the front will do the serving, will do the ministering. Rather than seeing it as an opportunity for everyone to minister to one another. So we're happy uh, being part of a church as long as it's doing something for us. And how different that is to Jesus' attitude, seeking not to be served, but to serve. So following Jesus' example is difficult. Why should I do it then? What's going to motivate me? What is going to help me to do that? Why on earth should we bother giving ourselves away? Well, I want to give us uh, two reasons why we should give ourselves for other people. We should give ourselves away in ministry because, firstly, Jesus did it for us. In this passage in, in Mark 10, James and John, they epitomise the wrong way to live, the self-seeking way. But Jesus epitomises the right way, the self-sacrificing way. Look again at verse 45, 43, 45 to 45. Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we see that he constantly gave himself away in service. We see it in the way that uh, he, he helped the poor and the outcast and cared for them. We see it in the way that he, he was always willing to be interrupted to help people or to heal people. You see it in the way that uh, he washed the disciples' feet on the night he was betrayed. And ultimately we see it in his death on the cross. See, the, the cross is the ultimate example of Jesus serving others. Now I used to, I used to just think of uh, Jesus' crucifixion as sort of a sad end to a, to a good story. Sort of a tragic life uh, 
cruelly cut down in his prime that he was this great person and the world didn't understand him and sadly he died actually that's not the way that the Bible portrays the cross it's not the way that Jesus talks about it it wasn't just a tragic end it was part of Jesus' plan and you see that in verse 33 just before uh, the passage that we read have a look at verse 33 Uh, Jesus and and the disciples are on their way to Jerusalem and Jesus says to them this we're going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and teachers of the law they'll condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him flog him and kill him three days later he will rise so Jesus knew this was going to happen it wasn't a surprise to him in fact this is the third time in a few chapters where he predicts that he's going to be killed and, but he doesn't try and avoid it he resolutely sets out for Jerusalem even though, even though he knows he's headed for his death it was part of his plan and Jesus mentions it here in verse 45 as the ultimate example of him serving others serving us and he explains how his death is an act of service by describing it as, as a ransom Jesus says he gives his life as a ransom payment it's an interesting image to use isn't it I don't know if you've ever thought about what that means what does it mean that Jesus' death was a ransom well a ransom is a price that's paid isn't it to, to set someone free so Jesus is saying that he died in order to set people free to rescue people the Bible says that every human being needs to be rescued all of us are in a situation from which we need to be set free I don't know if you, you feel like you need to be rescued but the Bible says all of us do see the Bible says that all of us have turned our backs on God that he, he created us he uh, gave us everything that we have he gave us life He's the rightful ruler of our lives. That each one of us has, has turned away from him. We've all essentially said to God, that I don't want you in my life. I want to be in charge of my own life. I want to live my way by my rules. So basically, for the most part, we've just ignored him. We've lived our lives as though he wasn't there. And we live without reference to him. And the Bible says that that's got consequences. We can't just sort of ignore God and expect to enjoy his world and the life that he gave us without any consequences. The Bible says there's a penalty, there's a price to be paid for rejecting God. But the great news of Christianity, the thing that we call uh, the gospel, the good news, is that Jesus died on the cross to pay that penalty. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid my penalty, he took my punishment he died in my place so that I don't have to because of what Jesus has done I can go free that's what Jesus means when he says that his death is a ransom for many so it wasn't just a tragic end to a great life it wasn't just an example of humility for us to follow but it actually achieved something it actually served a purpose he served us it was the supreme act of service he gave his life to benefit others by dying in their place can you imagine giving your life to, to save someone else maybe, maybe you can think of a family member or a friend where 
where you might be willing to do that? Can you imagine making that sacrifice? What about uh, doing it for someone who didn't even know you? Or even worse, for someone who didn't even care? Or even worse, for someone uh, who hated you, who rejected you, who says, I don't care what you do, I'm going to just live my own life, follow my own dreams, my own ambitions. I don't care if you die for me, I'm just going to do my thing and ignore you. Can you imagine doing that? That kind of love is incomprehensible, isn't it? But that's what Jesus has done for us. So what should my response be to what Jesus has done? Well, Paul, the Apostle, uh, writes in Romans 12, verse 1, this. He says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable act of worship. So Paul, uh, in the letter to the Romans, he spent the first 11 chapters outlining this, this good news, this gospel that Jesus Christ has died to set us free. And, and, and then at the beginning of chapter 11, he says, in view of all that, in view of God's mercy, in light of what Jesus has done, the only reasonable response we can make is to serve him with all our life, to give our lives to him. He's given his life to, for us. The only reasonable thing to do is to give our life for his purposes. The famous missionary C.T. Spud said this, If Christ be God and died for me, then there is no sacrifice too great for me to make for him. If Christ be God and died for me, there's no sacrifice too great for me to make for him. God's purpose for us is that we give ourselves away in service. And that's going to be costly, that's going to require sacrifice. But we do it because Jesus has done the same for us. And secondly, we do it because it provides meaning for our life on earth. I said it earlier that you were designed for service, for ministry. God's wired you to give yourself away. So that's where fulfilment comes. As we live the life that we were designed for. We talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what it's like when you use something for a purpose that it wasn't designed for like trying to uh, screw in a screw with a knife it's, it's frustrating isn't it it's frustrating when, you, when you're trying to use something for a purpose it wasn't designed for and in the same way if we live our life simply serving ourselves then it will lead to frustration because life is meant for serving and Jesus uh, teaches this several times for example in Matthew chapter 10 verse 39 Jesus says this if you cling to your life you will lose it but if you give up your life for me you will find it when we serve others we're giving ourselves away it feels like uh, it feels costly it feels like we're losing our life but Jesus says the person who gives themselves the person who loses their life in service will find meaning for their existence on earth the person who gives themselves away in service will find an eternal reason for getting up every day. The person who gives themselves away in service will find true fulfilment and real joy in living that, that nothing else can possibly do because they're living the life that they were designed for. 
So don't waste your life uh, going after stuff that's not important, like money or popularity or power. Chasing after those things will only bring frustration. We often think that fulfilment comes from those things, don't we? But if that was the case, then, then the most famous people in the world would be the happiest. Or the richest people or the most powerful people in the world would be the happiest. But they're not. Because true fulfilment doesn't come from self-seeking, but from giving ourselves away. The comparison uh, is sometimes made between the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. Uh, the two, two lakes on the uh, River Jordan. And the Sea of Galilee, it's, it not only has water flowing into it, but it also has water flowing out of it. And the result is that it's teeming with life of all kinds. The Dead Sea, on the other hand, uh, it has no outflow. It's got water flowing in, but no water flowing out. And the result is that it's, it's stagnant, it's lifeless. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. And... Uh, In the same way, abundant Christian living can only be experienced when we're giving as well as receiving. We need to be giving out as well as taking in. And I'm convinced that that what many Christians need is not sort of another sermon or another Bible study, not more inputs. What they need is ministry experience where they can give themselves away in service and demonstrate Christ-likeness. We're only fully alive when we're serving others because life is meant for ministry. So this morning I want to encourage you uh, just to live the life of service that God designed you and created you to live. Serving is an intrinsic part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. If you are a Christian and you are not involved in some kind of unselfish ministry, then you are out of balance You need to ask, how can I give myself away? How can I serve those around me in my workplace, in my family, in my neighbourhood, in my friendship groups? How can I imitate Christ in those areas? And we also need to ask, how can I serve uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ? One of the reasons God has put us together in church families is for us to minister to one another, to meet the needs of others in the church. If, uh, if you're part of the church family here at Modern Road Church, then God brought you here for a reason. And, one, and the reason is that, that you can meet the needs of others in the church family with what he has given you. That means if you're not involved in some area of ministry, then the rest of us are missing out. We are impoverished because of it. God God has given you something to contribute and if you are not making that unique contribution, then the rest of us are the poorer for it. The Apostle Paul emphasises it by describing the church as a body. A body can only function properly when all of its different parts are functioning properly. And likewise, the church can only function properly and reach its full potential when every part is functioning and working together properly. And just like a a body, every part of it is important. Some areas of ministry might be more public than others, but all of them are equally valuable. There's no such thing as an insignificant ministry or an unimportant person in the church of God. 
Most of, uh, most of the ministry in this church goes on behind the scenes. You don't even see it. You might not even know about anything about it, but it is absolutely vital. The visible stuff, the upfront stuff, is not the most important ministry. And if those of us who are at the front often give that impression, then, then I apologise because it is just not true. We want to emphasise and recognise all our ministries equally. In fact, it's often the seemingly small or the, the unseen ministries that make the most difference. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 12, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. We need each other. It's like a jigsaw. All the pieces are needed so you can see the picture properly. You are needed. And you need others. And in this church there are lots of needs. If... uh, If you want to be like Jesus Christ, then this is a brilliant church to be part of because we are such a needy bunch. And I could give you a a list of of needs and different ways that you could help other people in the church. But I, I would rather you found the ministry that suits the way that God has made you and the things that he has given you. So if you are, if you're not involved in any area of ministry in the church, then I'd encourage you to take one of these yellow forms. There's some over on the table at the back. And it just explains a little bit more about what the church believes about every member ministry. And on the back, there's a list of the different ministry areas in broad categories that we have in the church. And it'd be great if you could just tick two or three of those that you think, well, maybe I'm suited to that. Maybe that is the contribution that God wants me to make. If, uh, if the ministry you're interested in is not on the list, then write it down on the space at the bottom and you can start that ministry. That'd be brilliant. And then uh, give that form back to me or leave it in the offering box on your way out. And, and I'll arrange for you to just try out those areas that you indicated so that you can begin to ask, is, is this where God wants me to serve? The serving is not optional for Christians. It's what it means to follow Christ. It's what it means to be like Christ. And it's going to be difficult. It's against our natural inclination. It's, uh, it's not the way of the world. But as we become like Christ, as we become more and more like him, our focus will shift more and more to a life of service. The more like Christ we are, the more we're going to stop asking who's going to, need, who's going to meet my needs. And the more we'll start asking whose needs can I meet? Do you ever ask that question? How often do you ask that question? Whose needs can I meet? Let's pray together.